Welcome to another episode of Systematic Geekology. This is a space where we seek to create and cultivate healthy conversations between those things we geek out on and the philosophical and theological questions that often arise out of our fandoms. Like, what does it mean to be human? What makes a hero? What makes a villain? How do the stories and narratives we geek out on shape how we live in the world? We are your priests to the geeks. We aren't all ordained, but we see ourselves as mediators at the intersection of geek culture and going deeper in our faith. We don't always have to agree, but we do respect each other. And we see everyone as a beloved child of God. Everyone geeks out on something, so come geek out with us and enjoy the show. You're listening to an Anazal Ministries podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another live stream and show of Systematic Ecology. It's time to geek out. I'm very excited to be with you today. Um, on the podcast and live streaming from YouTube. It's a new year and there's so much geeky content and we can't wait to dive into it. And so, yeah, welcome geekologists, those who like to go deep with us on those things that we geek out on and find the questions that rise to the surface when it comes to our faith and philosophy and theology and the communities and narratives that we are a part of. And uh, today's a laid back episode. It's a what's new episode, but I have some friends with me. We're going to talk about what we're geek out out geeking out on, but also we're going to make a confession that, man, there is so much geeky content uh, that sometimes we feel a little overwhelmed about trying to keep up with it all. And so we want to give you permission that if you don't feel like you can keep up with it all, that's okay. Just geek out on what you have time to geek it on, geek out on and live life and faith to its fullest. So uh, without further ado, I'm going to bring my friends on stage Booyah. There they are. Hey, hey, John and Barbara. And uh, we share a, a common college, different times when we graduated, uh, and uh, common things we geek out on. So can't wait to get to know them a little bit and what's going on in, in their lives and family and faith and what they geek out on. So uh, let's let's kind of kind of hop in and um, share a little bit about ourselves. Barbara, John, share with us who you are, where you at, where do you live? What's your um, things you like to geek out on? Just let's let's just go free here and and, and tell us a little about who you are. Okay, um, you go first. Real quick, since I've already started speaking. Um, <laughs> real quick, I was born and raised in Greensboro, North Carolina. Grew up in the in the country, played in the woods, outdoors, and things like that. Nice. And um, I developed an interest in creative writing and fantasy at a young age. I got into oh. things like Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh! and uh, really like things like dragons and stuff. I liked reading Aragon and Golden Compass and, and stories like that. And in high school, I really started to develop my interest in creative writing and I started to write my own stories. And then I got a, uh, not a scholarship, but I went to UNCW to pursue a degree in creative writing because I knew that's what I wanted to do with my life because nice. that's where my passion is, that's where my talent is. and I got a degree in writing at UNCW in Wilmington, North Carolina in 2013, which I can't believe is 11 years ago now. But <laughs> I still feel like it's yesterday, but it's not. 
Yeah. My my knees definitely let me know that it's not yesterday. Oh, tell me. Tell me about it, John. But uh, <laughs> when I see when I can't keep up with my kids on the playground, I know I'm getting old. But hmm. um You know I am older than you, right? <laughs> but we uh but uh right now we're just outside of Whiteville, North Carolina. And okay. we're, um we're we're developing the Starving Writers Guild, which is our little business that Barbara runs where that sells our books and stuff. Cool. Whitefield. There's a good lake there, right? There's Lake Waccamaw. Yeah, Lake Waccamaw. It's like Lake Waccamaw. So pretty. Yeah, we 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 share some common ground there because I graduated from UNC Wilmington uh, in the 1900s, and so uh, I definitely <laughs> feel it in my back. Oh yeah, it was a black and white then. <laughs> it was uh, everything. You know, I'm surprised that like my screen is a black and white as it comes up on on the screen here. But the uh, yeah, we. Um, um, yeah, I went thinking marine biology and took a lab and then was like, oh man, you got to do actually science. And then, um, but then worked at a summer camp and that led me down the road to be, be a pastor. But I am really excited because of the studios and, uh, because of, um, the filming they've done at, at UNCW around at Wilmington. And I'm so glad that they have a creative writing, um, degree that people go there and learn how to write, whether it's scripts or books or whatever is really kind of helped the creative process, creative people come out of Wilmington. So I'm super, super proud of that. And, and we'll talk more about, um, talk more about the Star Writers Guild here in a minute, but, but I, I do have to show this, uh, the comment from, from your good friend who said, Hey, look, it's my good friend and John. So, uh, of who you are and, and, what your I, I met you at um, a Comic Con in Wilmington, a day a day con, uh, last last spring, and, and bought a couple of books from you. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, you have a similar story too. Um, I'm somewhat similar, somewhat different to John. I grew up in Raleigh, North Carolina. So okay. that was my hometown. Um, I would be more of a city girl because I didn't get out in the country very much. But um, I grew up in Raleigh. Uh, we went to. UNCW. My older sister actually graduated from UNCW as well. So I followed her footsteps. But where she majored in science, I majored in creative writing as well. That's where I met John and and Christian. All three of us were buddies at the same class. (laughs) But um, where John started writing his own stories, I actually started writing fan fiction first, which is stories based off of already created fandoms. So oh, nice. I actually started with Transformers, the movie. So that was one of my first fan fictions. And okay. then um, after that, I did one from The Forbidden Kingdom, which was a uh, movie. So oh, the Jackie Chan Jet Li? Yeah. It's like nice. a um, based off of Journey to the West, the poem, um, the Chinese poem. But nice. let's see. Yeah. I run the guild. Um, I'm also starting to do live streaming on an app called Whatnot. And okay. we sell Pokemon cards there. So Pokemon cards and my Pokemon art to supplement the um, process of publishing and um, paying for covers for our books. Nice. Supports our writing habit. Mm-hmm. There you go. Now, did you guys bond? Uh, you met at UNCW, but bond over geeky mm-hmm. stuff with Christian, like Pokemon or those kind of things or writing fantasy where that kind of like common ground? Anime, anime um, books, um, I am sort of a fan of C.S. Lewis, uh, like he is, but I'm more of a Tolkien fan. So The Lord of the Rings, that's a big inspiration for some of my um, fantasy novels. And uh, I want to say we had some classes together. And so uh, one of our first projects, we ended up uh, working on it together. And then um, 
he asked for my phone number. I told him he already had it. And then it kind of went on from there. <laughs> They're very awkward, but. Hey, yeah, that's good. You know, whenever you're trying to like ask somebody out or ask for somebody's number or DM or social media handle, whatever, it, it can get awkward. And it's supposed to be because you're trying to break the ice. So that's, that's no <laughs> that. uh, it's for a good story. So now, uh, Barbara, did you read Talking First, then watch the movies? Or were you like a movie first, then get into I read the them first. My oldest sister is seven years older than I am. So she actually inspired a lot of me getting into um, anime and manga and video games and stuff like that. She was actually the person who bought me my copy of Kingdom Hearts, my favorite video game. And that's, I did the podcast on that. Yeah, um, I just heard that. Very good job with that. And Joshua, I, I pick on him that I, there's like a drinking game every time I hear it. I got my Diet Mountain Dew. Um, <laughs> every time I hear, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, that that's really cool. Like I, um, yeah, I was not a big reader uh, as a kid. And um it was, it was hard for my parents to get me to read, but I did read a little um, Narnia and stuff like that just because mm-hmm. the covers had like a lion and, and swords and stuff. Uh, but I love comic books, love mm-hmm. surfing magazines, love cartoons, superhero stuff. So I got into that, but it wasn't until I was in college and started to become a little bit more mature uh, as a person and, and in my faith and started getting into more theology and philosophy and then started reading uh, just captivated by, by good stories. And so mm-hmm. when I was working at a summer camp up in the North Carolina mountains, uh, one summer I said, I'm going to read all uh, the books of Narnia and and read The Hobbit, Lord of the Rings and just kind of blaze through there over the summers, way back in the day when there's no cell phones or social media. Mm-hmm. So we had time to do that. Um, or didn't feel distracted. So dove into those books. And so when those movies started coming out, I was just really excited uh, to see how the movie would portray these books that I that I love so much. And I'm actually going back and rewatching uh, the, the Lord of the Rings movies now for a live stream doing with a friend and kind of noticing the differences and going back and, and watching and see them but but man still still such a good job with those movies mm-hmm. even though they do change up the the books a little bit but i think that fantasy that realm of um fantasy sci-fi is is really what we geek out on but i appreciate the people on systematic ecology because i'm not a big like manga um uh, uh anime uh person or video game even i'm in mm-hmm. like the video games for a lot but that's such a whole big wide range of fandom out there that's not necessarily my wheelhouse but i can learn from other hosts here on systemic ecology about what they geek out on and, and learn from it how that how those how those stories and fandoms animate them and get them excited but also uh, part of their faith as well so i really really mm-hmm. appreciate appreciate those those aspects um so yeah as we mentioned we're on we're on youtube and so yeah if you're listening to this in in your earbuds or listening devices uh, hop over to youtube find us you can come see what we look like and uh, <laughs> you can subscribe you can smash that like button and then um yeah for for those who are are listening uh and and come over to youtube then then yeah follow subscribe we're trying to, to broaden our our range and um widen our circles in our in our community of geekdom so so we appreciate all of that uh so since this is kind of a what's new episode i know i had a very busy christmas and a very busy new year so it's taken me a little while to catch up on some things what's new but but what are some things that you guys have been geeking out on lately it could be anything out there like we say everybody geeks out on something and there's no geek shaming so whatever it is you're geeking out on uh what is it these days that that you're you're geeking out on let's see i've been Definitely. I've always been a Star Wars fan and I've been mm-hmm. geeking out waiting for this uh, fan made re-edit of Kenobi. It's called uh, Trials of the Master by Pixel Joker 95. And he's retake. He's taking the footage of uh, 
Kenobi and he's compiling it in a, I guess, in a way that makes more sense narratively, but he's also doing new special effects to uh, improve upon what was already done because I feel like Kenobi was good, but it could have been great. And I think that's what this uh, YouTuber is trying to make it uh, what it what it could have been. Yeah, that's cool. I'm a big Star Wars fan too, so we we share that in common. And I like Kenobi. It was it's kind of hit and miss for me. That had some great moments, but then there were some editing choices. It was like, what are we doing? What? How's that going? And I I think it um, suffered from a number of things, whether it's COVID or or the new normal post COVID, all all those things. But I have heard there's some fan edits out there of of tightening it up just a little bit. Um, some of the editing. I one of my favorite podcasts I listen to is uh, Rebel Force Radio, and they've mentioned before that there's a Kenobi edit out there that uh, puts it into a couple hour movie or or hour and a half movie, and it really looks good. I have to look for that because I I do like Obi Wan as a character, but it's interesting that yeah, you there's another. Um, fan yeah. edit out there that's tightening it up a little bit that's cool the uh kai patterson cut is the one you're thinking of that's two and a half hours it works really well there's a little bit of he's, he's going to do another uh version of it because there's a little bit of sound issues with it but right. he cuts off all the trim the excess fat and you know actually does a better job of editing the show together and it really should have been a movie but it because right. it, it, it really felt stretched out but by trimming off a lot of the excess scenes and things it it flows a lot better and but uh pixel joker's version is actually gonna be different than what uh kai patterson did because kai patterson's cut just cut the existing footage but um pixel joker's actually redoing the special effects like the duel between vader and um and kenobi Mm -hmm. the entire background of the planet's completely changed and also on the uh fortress inquisitorius the design is made to look more like the video games and things like that Right. And I, I think, um, you know, there was such a push that we were like, oh, Disney has Star Wars and can do all these cool movies that we had ideas, whether it's Boba Fett or Obi-Wan Kenobi and other things. But then there's the streaming package that came on. They were really pushing the streaming because they wanted to really pull people over to that direction. I think they've learned that, yeah, there's some not everything has to be streamed or an eight episode TV show. Maybe some things are better uh, taught um, or or are shared in a story movie format. So what are you going to use with the time you have with your story, kind of a, the economy of storytelling, what are you going to use? And so instead of stretching it out, maybe it should be a movie. Other things maybe should be a movie, but could be uh, a TV show. So I think they're learning how, how that goes. And and we just heard news. One thing I'm geeking out on is the news that there's going to be a Mando Grogu movie here, that that's the next big Star Wars movie coming out that they're really kind of pushing that is kind of that fourth season of, of Mando is going to be an actual movie. So I'm excited to see what they could do with that. Filoni and, and Favreau can do with, with Mando and Grogu in a movie format rather than, than a TV show. So I'm, I'm pretty excited uh, about that coming up. I don't think it's going to be 2024. I think production starts this year, but maybe a 2025, 2026 um, release date. Um, Barbara, what are you geeking out on? So speaking of Disney, we got my daughter a, um, well, we got a PlayStation 5 for Christmas. So we got her this game called Disney's Dreamlight Valley. And it's basically like a collection of different Disney characters living in a valley together. But the idea is that everybody has forgotten what it's like to live in the valley. They've been affected by something called the forgotten. 
And I just really like playing it because I grew up on the old Disney cartoon movies. So like Mm. Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin and stuff like that. The 2D stuff, right? Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, the 2D stuff. And then um, that's where, of course, my favorite game comes into play too. But it's kind of seeing everybody react to the character that you can make. You can customize your own character. And then we play it together. She'll play her game. I'll play mine. But it's like seeing the different characters and being able to interact with them other than a Kingdom Hearts setting. But it's doing like the fetch quests and you could be able to, uh, you'll buy things in the store and decorate your own room and stuff like that. I think it's Fun. really cute and it's a way we could spend time together. Me and my daughter can. So that's awesome. It's yeah. Really passing cute. on, passing on the geek to the next generation and, and exactly. how that, yeah, yeah. game interactive storytelling. So yeah. That's that's great. Um, one thing I, I've tried to keep up with, and I'm not all the way through the series, is the new season two of What If on Disney Plus. Um, I like the first season yeah. of What If, um, and I'm finding that I'm liking season two better. Some people have said they like season one better, but I like season two maybe because um, I'm, I'm hearing those familiar voices that I know from the MCU, whether the actual actor or someone who sounds a lot like him mm-hmm. uh, or her. I, you know, um, the latest phases of the MCU have been hit or miss for me, like everybody else. And there is kind of, a nostalgia, <laughs> yeah, kind of a nostalgia of those first few phases leading up to Infinity War. And so some of these voices and characters, even though they're in a what if kind of sandbox and experimenting with what if they did this or did that in a different scenario, it, it's a lot of fun i've been having a lot of fun with the animations really good um i'm loving seeing different versions of these characters or what could be like and, and we like to do what if here at systematic Geekology. we put it out on our social media where our, our listeners and and folks that follow us can vote on what they want the next what if to be and so i i just like that mental exercise and experiment of doing what if uh and thinking about and then that what we do with you know fan fiction and and other stuff right we, mm-hmm. we what if it and go down different rows it's kind of fun to to play as long as we don't get too attached because if later on they don't do that specific story we're like oh man why didn't they write it like i wrote it well yeah mm-hmm. you know there's that whole that thing but but i like have you guys uh seen uh what if or, or gone down that road yet i have not i know what its general premise is it's kind of like mm-hmm. you know well like you just said what if they did this or what what would happen if they made this choice and it's kind of like an au of yeah. um of stories and um I think that AU is kind of a big popular thing now because of the MCU where you jump into multiversal stuff where you, you know, even like multiverse of madness and other things where right. realities are different. Yeah. And for some, it can, you can get really bogged down with that and where it gets all over the place. I like the multiverse stories because I like to think about what would different version. Now, I guess I've spent so long in the regular universes. Sometimes I'm like, oh, let's see what would happen there. But I definitely could see where that would be overwhelming. You're like, where do I hop in? What's real? What's not? So that could sometimes be frustrating for folks. But um, uh, but I like the what if. Um, and, and this, it's been a lot of fun. I don't know if they're going to do a season three, but so far uh, this one's been been really, really good. Joe, what else? Anything else you're geeking out on? Trading cards. Yeah, we've been <laughs> the trading cards. Pokemon and getting back into Pokemon because we've been basically buying and selling Pokemon cards online. But okay. we've been um, getting in, getting into the modern stuff and relearning um, what some of these Pokemon names are and what the uh, like the values of the cards, the and... nostalgia from seeing my childhood collection and seeing how much it's mm-hmm. worth online and actually mm. you know talking to collectors and kind of I've been geeking out over that because it's kind of fun to see you know, your childhood, you know, now you're, I'm using it to kind of make an income 
Well, it's not even just the Pokemon cards. Some of the other streamers sell things like uh, there's Star Wars. And then there's like two different brands of Star Wars. There's Disney cards. There's mm. the Lorcana Disney cards, which is, a you know, different from the collectibles. You can battle with them and stuff. Um, there's anime trading cards. And it's it's interesting to see like all the different types of collectibles. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's super cool. I, I, I collected NBA basketball cards there for a while, mm -hmm. um, uh, back in the 1900s again, 90. <laughs> uh, but, but that was, a, I was a big Michael Jordan fan and big ACC basketball fan. So I love to see certain college players. I really loved, uh, mm -hmm. go play in the NBA and then collect their cards. That, that was fun. But I, I do think there's a resurgence of, you know, um, going back and looking at your collection, but then seeing how much they're worth, but also an online community of sharing that nostalgia and fandom mm -hmm. uh, around it. Is there a particular um, like device or medium you you share with folks on that? Or is it YouTube or is it eBay? Um, what so what we, is it we, that you're looking for? We do live streaming on an app called Whatnot. Right. So okay. they, they have like different things that you can sell on it. But one of the big things is trading cards. And then um, I've actually been sharing our faith through whatnot, too. So it's like anytime we come up with like a particular conversation, then I'm like, well, you know, God teaches us to do this or that. Or, mm. you know, I'm sorry you're feeling this way. But, you know, remember, you know, we're all his children and stuff like that. But nice. it's been a good medium for me. Yeah, my catchphrase. There's a lot of catchphrases with Sismaki Gaoji. Some Joshua likes to use. And one thing I like to use is share the faith, share the geek. And so, yeah, you can, what you geek out on can also be an avenue of, of sharing your faith with others and what's meaningful to you. And it sometimes can be a little mm -hmm. bit, um, it can be disarming, right? You know, sometimes if you're just like straight up trying to evangelize with someone or invite them to church, it can get awkward. But if you're like, this is what I geek it on, but this is also important to me, is my mm -hmm. faith and be a good avenue to, for, for those, those things. Hey guys, Christian here to talk about our Captivate options. That's when you send us a little extra money to just help us along with our projects. But what do you get by giving us that extra money? Well, you have access to any future online D&D campaigns. You get extra bonus question content, which we do at least 48 times a month. You can make a one-time donation here of any amount to help support the show. This helps us with our overhead. That includes the editing software that we use, the recording software that we use, the marketing that we have to do for the show, the equipment that we all need to, use to help to help with the show, and more. So thank you for what you do. Head out to Captivate. Help us out. We really appreciate what you do. See you later. I am. Um, yeah, over I've tried to go through my comic book collection and, and kind of weed out uh, comics. I want to sell back to a comic store to make room for more comics or just kind of <laughs> just get out of hand. There's a lot of boxes and I had a lot of fun going through those boxes and a lot of them are barely worth the paper they're printed on. They were fun at the time and I had fun reading them, but there are a few gems in there. There's worth some money or, you know, big transitions in time and history of comic books that you could say mm -hmm. like, yeah, that's really cool. I'm holding on to that story arc or that particular creator that I really like. Oh, I forgot I had that one. That was actually worth a hundred bucks. I did not know I had that one. Um, yeah, I, I rediscovered that I had the first issue that uh, Spider-Man had the black suit um, uh, oh, around wow. the Secret Wars era in the 80s. And I was like, oh, okay, I have that one. I remember that one. That was pretty cool. So it was kind of fun rediscovering that one deep in, in my long boxes. Um, yeah, cool. And I'll, I'll share another thing I'm geeking out on. I read a, a book over... Um, over New Year's called This Is How You Lose the Time War. And it's not necessarily a kid book. It's got a little bit of cursing in it and it could be violent at times, but basically it's it's like a um, two rival time war soldiers writing letters back and forth, antagonizing each other and trying to um, like 
uh, sabotage the other person's work in in this yeah. time where they're part of. But as they, I won't spoil it, but as they write back and forth to each other, they get to know each other a little bit more. They start to uh, um, care about each other a little bit more. It's hard to hate up close. And so you see this relationship develop in this kind of pen pal um, scenario through the time streams. And it is a beautiful, it's not very long. It's a beautiful, beautiful story, beautifully written. And I, I can't, I mean, every page, I felt like there was a sentence. I was like, that's the most beautiful sentence I've ever seen written. And then I turned the page a couple of times, like, wow, that was an amazing sentence. I was like highlighting, underlining things. So, so if you like sci-fi, um, intrigue, short story, mm -hmm. it's not short, it's like 200 pages, but for me, it's not like a fancy novel, 500 pages, 600 pages. Uh, but I was able to get through it's hard for me to put down over new year so um i highly recommend that one in terms of a story you're, you're looking for something different um it's co-written by two authors so they write these letters back and forth by two different voices it's uh -huh. it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a lot of fun it's a lot of fun um so so yeah let's talk a little bit in terms of um we we are sharing a little bit about how yeah this is what's new there's a lot of stuff out there to geek out on there's so much content that's why we have like 20 hosts here at Systematic Ecology because we have different fandoms and people that can come on and share what's going on. Mm -hmm. But how do you guys feel in terms of what's out there in geek land or fandom in terms of the content and trying to keep up? You have three kids, you got jobs, you're, you're, you're writers yourselves. Um, do you find it hard to keep up with everything? It is hard. Absolutely. <laughs> it's very difficult to, especially with the modern stuff, because, you know, we are 90s babies, so we are fans of anything from the 90s and early 2000s that's kind of our uh, base of anime and cartoons and most of our references for you know disney movies when we quote things throughout the day that's where most of our poll is from right but, um, modern stuff unless you know unless it's disney or star wars uh, we're kind of i'm kind of out of verse yeah yeah barbara I mean, has a mom, honestly, mom I'm just watching the things that the kids watch so yeah, you're in that land. You're in that time of life. I'm in that land right now because I, I'm at home. We have a t almost three-year-old, so I'm just like, okay, we'll watch Blippi. We'll watch Coco Melon. But then we started what, uh, getting the kids into an anime called One Piece, and yeah, we might be there for a while because that's yeah. a long one. Yeah, yeah. TJ, TJ, and going. James, others. Yeah, there. That's a big one. That's a big fan, and that's the fan I didn't even know about until I got into Systematic Ecology. They kept talking about One Piece. I was like, what are you guys talking about? And then I was like, oh. And then I started noticing the different shirts people wearing around the cons uh, of Luffy. And, and I was like, oh, there you go. Now mm -hmm. I see what you're talking about. Um, yeah, I, I'm with you. I think there, there's a lot. Of, we, tend to, we tend to stick with those things we really like, especially what we grew up on and get nostalgia about. I, I love Star Wars, 80 Star Wars, 90 Star Wars. I, I like Disney Star Wars. But yeah, you gravitate toward those things you really grew up on and loved as, as a kid. Um, and there is there is such a market for these fandoms and there's such a um fan base but also like an economy or or money to be had with comic cons and and the movies and and marketing to all that stuff so sometimes it is it is hard to keep everybody's trying to get their foot forward in the streaming wars and those things and having their own content and ips so so yeah i i definitely feel the pressure man i got to keep up with that there's a lot of stuff a lot of sci-fi out there that i i know i would like i just don't have time for it and i think at some point it, it's okay to do like a um uh, a, a geek um, 
you know, audit and uh, claim geek bankruptcy and say, like, I'm just going to start from scratch, you know, and or just geek mm-hmm. out on the things that I, I want to geek out on. So that's, you know, if anything from this episode, friends out there listening, uh, I'm, I'm glad to get to meet some new friends who are going to be um, uh, hosts again here on, on Systemic Ecology, but also like you have permission to not feel like you have to keep up with everything that just geek out what you geek out on. If you're just only able to read a book, that's fine. If you're if you find yourself landing a, a movie that you were like, that's great. But don't feel like you have to keep up with with everything. Dude, John and Barbara, do you have a word of pastoral uh, care that we can give to our, our fans? Out there? <laughs> well, you don't have to keep up with the Joneses, you know, just. Um, yeah. In, in everything you acknowledge, you know, God, you know, and mm-hmm. as long as, you know, you're content that you're watching on the TV or whatever isn't bothering your faith and, you know, the fandom that you're getting into, you know, isn't um, getting in the way of, you know, more, more important things like eternal stuff, then, you know, you know, by all means watch, you know, Pokemon with your kids and, you know, you don't feel like you need to keep up with all the modern day stuff because, you know, we're into an ancient religion. So Mm. it's, um, you know, there's nothing wrong with, you know, historical stuff and, you know, like we're, we're following an ancient creed, but, um, in the modern day, you don't have to, you know, know everything and be involved in all things. Just, uh, keep your, keep your circle small, but tight. Yeah. That's good. Barbara, anything to add there? I was just going to say, don't feel like you have to be forced to put it on a pedestal because they're like the super fans who just completely devote their lives to like one specific show or comic book or anything like that. And that, I mean, that's fine, but be aware that there's other things to your life than a specific fandom. I mean, uh, that's good. friends, family, um, community, you know, being community because you can find a community that is about the fandom you like, but you know, it could be dangerous if you put things on pedestals. Yeah, like with anything, if it becomes too much or your main focus, it come it it could become an idol. It could get in the way of your um, your relationship with with your family, your friends, your community, and with mm-hmm. God. And so, yeah, you know, have fun with it. If it ceases to be fun, if it ceases to be something you're passionate about, and you feel like the pressure and it's driving you and you're mm-hmm. overwhelmed by it, then yeah, then then this uh, then it's time to look in the mirror and say, all right, maybe I do need to slow down a little bit. Uh, figure out what I like and focus on those things that really are important in, in my life and relationship mm-hmm. that, that animate me. So, so yeah, and, I, and that's why we do all this in community systematic ecology. We see ourselves as a community uh, to support one another, to um, celebrate what we geek out on. Um, but yeah, if you need extra help out there, if you need some advice, you need some things uh, that we can help out with, you know, just let us know. We, we see ourselves as, as a community to build each other up and, and to mm-hmm. have fun with things. And if it sees being that and you're like, man, I'm just overwhelmed with this stuff. I need, I need a break. Everybody needs a Sabbath. Sabbath is built into the fabric of, of God's creation. You know, God did it in, in creation. Um, there's, there's talk of Sabbath. Jesus did it, took time to pray. And so I, I think, I think even within our fandom and our geek, um, what we geek out on, we could still have, have Sabbath and, and take breaks and, and recenter ourselves and, and what's really important. So I think, I think that's good to, um, Good to do. Well, um, you know, as we transition, <laughs> well, is there anything in this new year, 2024, you're looking forward to as we talk about like feeling overwhelmed, you know, what are there some events or things or things we're geeking out that you're looking forward to this upcoming year? 
Well, I was looking forward to Andor season two, but I feel like that's going to get pushed back. And Ahsoka season two, that's going to get pushed back. So all I got to look forward to Star Wars wise is, um, what is it? That show with a show that, uh, the it's going to be like the Goonies in space. You know what I'm talking about? Skeleton yeah. crew. Skeleton oh, crew. Yeah. yeah, that's right. I forgot about skeleton crew. I was thinking of the acolyte, but there's also, I think we get two, three things in stars, I think coming out this year. Again, 2024, we get the bad batch season three. Oh yeah. Skeleton crew, which is like Goonies in space. And then the acolyte, which I'm not quite sure what that one is all about. I haven't deep dive in that, but we get, we get some star Wars content this year for sure. And guess what? May 4th falls on a Saturday this year. Hey, oh, so uh, who knows what we'll do on that day in terms of, of that thing. But yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to those things, too. Play Battlefront 2 all day, the 2005 version. Well, I was trying to get into that Comic-Con, remember? There's um, one in Concord, I think, that they're doing mm-hmm. on May 4th. And I was ah. going to make some Star Wars themed stuff for that. but Well, that'd be fun. I'm still trying to get up with the coordinator for that. <laughs> Yeah, I think um, I, I think usually free comic book days like the first Saturday in May too. It's something like that too. Yeah. Yeah. So it might be like a convergence of free comic book day and May the fourth be with you. Day. Yeah, May the fourth be with you. That's fun. Barbara, anything you're looking forward to this upcoming year? Then? So I want to say it's next month, right? Um, I pre-ordered. I'm stemming from Kingdom Hearts. I'm a bear. I'm a big Square Enix fan. Uh huh. There you go. But um, so my oldest sister. I always watched her when she would play video games like Final Fantasy. So the remake, the second part of the Final Fantasy VII remake is coming out in February. So I pre-ordered that and I've been waiting for it for a while. So Nice. Nice. That's cool. Um, I am looking forward to the live action Avatar The Last Airbender. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I like Avatar a lot. Love yeah, that's that's oh, you can't beat that that uh cartoon that that series top notch, top notch. And so, you know, I, I think when they came, the movies came out, the fan base, you know, a little bit of pushback there, and we're like, no, maybe not my avatar. The movie was and, awful, this okay for what it was, but I don't think it was very true to the the actual series. They tried, they I, tried. I, I just, I don't think they tried. That's my problem. <laughs> I think the one person tried. Yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> along. <laughs> so to see how this plays out in live action and seeing some of the casting stuff, uh, I, I know my kiddos grew up with that as as well, and they're really excited about it. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm looking forward to see how they portray it that way, and maybe to push people back to the the animated version as well. And then I would also say uh, Dune Part Two. I'm really looking forward uh, Dune? to that. Dune. Oh, you mean Dune? Dune. Yeah. Dune. I don't know if you guys have read that I've book seen that. or seen Part no. One yet. I have not. Need yeah. to. Well, I love all these recommendations, though. That means we'll have to look into it. Yeah, yeah. I heard the movie was great, which is which is important when you make a movie based on a book. You know, a lot of times it's usually not done well. Aragon being a big, big center in that <laughs> one. Twilight. Yeah. Twilight. Well, the book wasn't even all that good, so. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think the, yeah, I, the Maze Runner trilogy was probably that a, one was good, a, good, I thought. a really good example of making good movies. Yeah. They're not, but... It's always hard. I think Joshua has the um the plot. Instead of reading the book first and seeing the movie and be disappointed that he'll watch the movie first and then read the book because it, it it expands what he's already seen and be able to visualize on the movie. And that's that's not a bad, bad way to go. Mm-hmm. I, I think um yeah, I, if you haven't read Dune, it's 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 thick, it's big, but it's it's one of the um, you know, uh, if you Google top 
five sci-fi stories of all time, Dune's usually up there. And I and I think even George Lucas drew some of the imagery from Dune. You can when I read Dune or watched something, I'm like, oh, George pulled Sand Planet, Messiah Figure, Hero's Journey, all those things. Um, he was he was pulling from that. So um I'm not saying he copied, but he was definitely pulling from the influence inspired of inspired by inspired by. And so yeah, the book books is um uh, pretty thick. It's a, definitely a commitment for the book, but the part one was was really good, and so I'm looking forward to see how they do uh, part two. It's it's good sci-fi there. Good good stuff. Um, yeah. Well, why don't you guys? Um, we'll transition listen uh, a little bit here. Tell us a little bit about Starving Writers Guild. I know Christian's a big part of that. Christian is one of our favorite hosts here at Systematic Ecology. And if people don't know, he's very humble about it. He's very, he's an author as well and has lots humble of Humble brag. I was going to say he's full of himself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so, uh, Starvers, uh, Starving Writers Guild, you guys formed this up as a group. Tell, tell me a little bit about the origin story and that what you guys have written and where people can find, uh, that if they want to dive into it. Well, immediately after graduation, with our degree in writing, all three of us got degrees in writing, same program at UNC uh-huh. Wilmington. Um, we tried sending query letters and things for our completed novels to agents and publishers across the country. And to no avail, we got copy and pasted letters back, oftentimes addressing the wrong person. Or the wrong book. <laughs> or the wrong we got book. one that said your book, and then it was wrong book title. And it was just frustrating. Yeah. We're like, you know what? This this whole self-publishing thing is kind of starting up and it and it uh nice. And there's a way and it seems like if you know what you're doing, you can do it right. Because I've seen like in just modern day, I've seen a lot of really poorly self-published books, like the cover and hey, I don't want to judge a book by its cover, but sometimes, you know, you get some really yeah. poorly made covers or you open the book and the first page you read like five spelling errors, errors. and it's written in a way where you're just like I they, there was no editor. Mm-hmm. But um like a poorly made fan fiction. Yeah. Yeah. So, but we realized that, you know, we are three people with writing degrees. We can, we can edit each other's stuff and we can uh, form a group and try to pool our money and get books published. And unless we, you know, strike a million dollar deal or, or something, uh, we can become entrepreneurs of our own books and nice. have something to show for our work. And also, you know, to be like going to comic cons and festivals and, start to build our own little bit of a fan base and we're we're still in our infant stages because we haven't grown up a whole lot. We've, and then COVID hit that kind of COVID took away. Hit, yeah, COVID kind of stomped out a little bit of the flame. But mm-hmm. um we each of us have, you know, th- at least three books published. And yeah. um we have eleven between us. Eleven between us. And it's a lot of fun to be able to talk to people at events who are interested in fantasy or sci-fi or paranormal or supernatural and stuff. And to be able to like, Oh yeah, I got a book like that that I think you'd enjoy. Take a look Ah. at this. And it's really where our passion is. And I love being able to discuss our works Mm -hmm. and stuff. And I meant to ask if you've read, read our books yet, but. um, You know, I, I did um, buy Christian's book and it's sitting there on my stack. I, I got a couple chapters in, they got distracted and pulled aside, but it is, I was thinking about that today. I need to finish that book. It was, it was, it's good. It's well-written. Um, and one of the lo- things I do love about going to comic cons are the local 
artists, the craft, mm-hmm. the people who do their own crafts and self-publish their books and come. Yeah. You have the big time artists from Marvel and DC and, and, and writers and the, you know, the, the ones who they bring in as the star that draws the crowd. But I, I love going to those tables. And at that, there was even two other books at other tables I bought at the Comic-Con. I met you guys at it at mm-hmm. Wilmington that have not read yet. They're sitting there. I'm like, ah, I need to I go know. back and, and read those. But uh, it's staring at me every time I go by again, that pressure to keep up with, with this stuff. I'm a slow reader. So I, um, if I'm, that's why I read comics, I can blaze through comics and graphic novels because it has pictures. Uh, mm-hmm. but the, um, but, but yeah, I, I, um, I admire that so much. And, and I, so in the guild, you have the three of you mm-hmm. and, and you have the website and you, and you go to cons and stuff. Are you guys open to having other people be a part of the guild if they produce a good like story and want to hop in and say, we're, Hey, we're at the stage where we're open to accepting other members, mm-hmm. but we can't particularly like peddle their books for them yet. Right. Um, the idea is that we buy author copies from Amazon, basically at like wholesale prices. And right. we're open to if they do the same, they can buy wholesale from Amazon for themselves and then ship it to our address. And then we can compensate them for that. Right. But so we haven't really found anybody who's interested in doing that yet. Yeah. But yeah. Um, we've given, you know, dozens of authors advice on publishing on going through KDP, which is the Kindle publishing on Amazon mm-hmm. versus other sites like, um, was it Lulu and Book Baby or something? Right. Uh, right. The other independently publishing sites. And then um, the things to look out for if you want to independently publish versus traditionally publish. Um, John's a professional editor. He does editing services. Ooh, that's good. I feel like I get ideas and good writing. I feel like I'm a creative writer, but man, I would need an editor because my spelling and grammar and my grammar is not the best. Is I get a C in grammar. Yeah. 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 (laughs) That's cool. I'm a grammar Nazi, so it balances out. Nice. Yeah. That that's fun because I think that is important. Like there, there's this fandoms and the stuff that we love and admire and read and consume. But then, what's our creative outlet? You know, do we have an idea that we want to do, whether it's a comic book or or a fantasy novel or or design a video game? Where, where's your creative outlet? And most of these, you know, the people that make the multi million dollar IPs, you know, they're they're at the top one percent. They're the Michael Jordans. They're the LeBron James. Most of us are just we don't we're not going to make a million dollars off of it. It'd be nice, but then more money more problems but but it is like a creative outlet maybe it's just something we write for ourselves our friends our family and entertain others that are around us in our inner circle and i think that's important too um but man i really do hope that um starving writers guild and what you guys write takes off and and get some some traction um i I think it's just a incredible there's there's so it's whether it's people doing their podcasts or broadcasting themselves or promoting themselves on social media or self-publishing, mm-hmm. all the tools are at our fingertips. Do what we want. And if, if it becomes the next big thing, worldwide thing, great. But if, if it's just for um, a handful of people that are in our circle that care about us, that's cool too. So um, mm-hmm. I really, really admire that. So where could people find you if they wanted to find more of your stuff, more of your work, dive in deeper about what you're up to in your stories, where would they find you? Well, starving, starvingwritersguild.com is our website. You can find all our novels on there. And um, we do have a Facebook page where you can message us. Yeah, if you want to contact us, you can contact us through Facebook. We have an email address listed on our website. I think it's info at starvingwritersguild.com. It'll pop up in our email. And um, 
Also, you can find us on whatnot.com. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm about to get all of our books available on whatnot as well. Is that strictly um, for like phones or like just an app or is it like you can do it on the, uh, you can do it on the PC? Okay. Yeah, you can get on there on whatnot.com. It'll it'll pop up and then uh, N-O-T or, or K-N-O-T? It's W-H-A-T-N-O-T. Gotcha. Whatnot. Gotcha. Cool. We'll find Just like stuff and whatnot. <laughs> stuff and whatnot. Well, they actually have a category called whatnot, so. <laughs> Odds and ends. Odds and ends. Brick and brack. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, it's good to meet you all. And uh, glad you're part of the Systematic Ecology family. We'll pull you on more, especially, uh, John, when there's um, uh, some more Star Wars content content that mm-hmm. drops. We'll have to get on there and, and talk about that. And then uh, the, the fantasy novels and, and the Pokemon stuff and um, borrow more One Piece, all, all those things, or Kingdom Hearts, mm-hmm. all, all that. Um, I know we'll be talking more of those subjects as, as the content will keep rolling out. Uh, to all our, our friends and listeners and people subscribe and watch on YouTube, thank you uh, for, for listening. We know that there's a lot of options out there to listen and consume and you choose to listen to us and follow us. If there's a topic or something Thing that um, we're not covering that you're like, hey, you guys should really think about talking about this and how this integrate with our faith or community and, and, and have some big questions that come to the service. Uh, let us know. Reach out to us on our social media platforms. And um, yeah, and we hope that, um, yeah, keep geeking out. Uh, keep keep uh, sharing the faith and sharing the geek and, and we'll see you next time. Okay. Peace. Hi, my name is TJ Blackwell, also known as Tejas, Tiberius Wan, Tejas Jackson, uh, Kung Fu Dugong recently. I go by many, many names. And I, I came here today to ask you to please check out our YouTube channel. Uh, there are a bunch of exclusive series there, like Comic Book Ketchup, Manga Mustard, Drinks with Tejas, which is my personal favorite, the one where I get to talk to other people about their favorite drinks or just drinks in general. Uh, we have a companion series to our annual theme on YouTube. We do Friday Night Frights. And Wednesday Night Weeaboo, those are both ran by Christian Ashley. He's great. Check him out. Uh, there are exclusive shorts, which are pretty new. Uh, Christian reviews. He's going to review every Spider-Man comic one at a time, which is insane. Uh, non-canon, which is where Joshua will be reviewing one IP from outside of canon and his favorite fandoms or a piece of literature that is part of the biblical extra canonical material, which is a super interesting short series. Uh, Will's Wednesday pull list where he talks about his comic book pull list each week. He picks a top comic for his weeklies and there are other surprise bonus content. It goes straight to YouTube and many of our regular podcast episodes get posted there as well because, you know, we like to see each other when we talk and we don't want to rob you of that ability. Uh, So check us out, like, subscribe. We would appreciate it so much and it helps us a ton. Thank you. Be sure to check out other Anazal Ministry Podcast AMP Network shows. You can see the whole network in a single feed if you're on Spotify, or you could go to Apple Podcasts and find the Anazal Ministries Network Podcast, the AMP Network Network. Yeah, there's just a network on Apple. You can follow the whole thing. You'll get shows like The Homily, where Pastor Will goes through his homily messages. It's literally just Pastor Will's sermons, guys. It's great. You also get access to the Whole Church Podcast, where TJ and myself interview leaders from across different denominations and backgrounds to work towards a more full church unity. You can 
see My Seminary Life, where Brandon Knight discusses his experiences at seminary and then discusses seminary topics so anyone can have access to knowledge available to seminary students. You also can see Let Nothing Move You over there, where Christian Ashley goes through the Bible in a Bible study type fashion and explains the whole biblical narrative. I also have a show on there, The Dummy for Theology, where we discuss various theological topics in an attempt to show every side of the discussions, leaving you with more questions than answers. There's also The Bible After Hours, where the foul-mouthed preacher goes through the Bible from a more progressive view to challenge the status quo of the modern church. Finally, you can hear The Clydes, where Taylor and Elizabeth Clyde go through weekly discussions in a devotional conversational style method to help us all get closer to one another and to God.